0: Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Beyond Sunday. Today, we have a very special episode. We are talking with our discipleship team here at Bethlehem Church. And many of you may wonder, ask, what does the discipleship team do here at Bethlehem Church? And we're going to answer some of those questions for you. And mainly, we're going to be talking about groups And group leaders and how we can be better group leaders here at Bethlehem Church. So um, I'm going to go around and introduce everybody, and you guys can get to know the discipleship team here at Bethlehem. On my right, we have Dustin Maddox. Welcome, Dustin.
1: Hey, hello. Thank you.
0: (laughs) And then we have Ebony Murphy, the lovely Hi, friends. Glad to be here. Pastor Aaron, welcome, Aaron. Hey, leaders. And Pastor Kevin, our lead discipleship pastor. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> he put on his best so, podcast voice. Yeah, so
2: formal.
3: That's a pastor voice
0: right there. <laughs> and last but certainly not least, we have Miss Casey Kofer.
3: Hello. Glad to be here too. I'm excited.
0: Awesome. So these guys, and I'm also, I'm Angela, and I'm also on the discipleship team here. And it is such a great honor, such a great privilege to lead with this team and to serve our church. Um, so, one of the ways that we want to talk about what discipleship is, who we are, um, and what we do, is to talk about groups. So, Pastor Kevin, tell our church or kind of talk about what um, how, how groups are a key discipleship tool for most churches.
2: Well, for most churches, groups are a real important part of discipleship, and that's no different here, because disciple, discipleship happens in relationships, and God made us that way. Um, Our thoughts on discipleship, and you guys can jump in here, it's not about just going through a a list of classes. It's about life on life, and ultimately it's about obedience um, that we talk about even in our meetings a lot, that we want people to be able to take a next step towards Christ, a next step in their faith, a next step of obedience, um, to be more like Jesus, not so they can check a box off and being in a group or check a box off of going to a service or even check a box off reading Scripture, although we want that habit to be there. We want people to... To be able to grow in Christ and become more like Jesus—that's the—that's the ultimate goal here. And groups, when we have those groups, and you're involved in, a, in a, um, doing life with other people and, and growing together, that's the way we're able to learn more about who Christ is and how we can apply God's word to our lives, and not just not just living a bubble by ourselves. Mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. Uh, it's just support too. Uh, there's I mean, probably what else is what else yeah. are groups about?
4: Yeah. Well, you know, I mean. That relationship factor is, uh, is, is so big because even if you're in a smaller church, like we're in a big church, but even if you're in a smaller church, Sundays you can miss people. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's just, um, I guess, just natural for us to, 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 to walk into a service and then turn around, you know, after, after we experience just a great worship service and turn around and, and miss people. And so, you know, groups provide that that relational aspect. I mean, I was a part of a very small church. Uh, growing up, when I first started growing in my relationship with Christ, and uh, and I I missed people for so long in that smaller gathering, you know, yeah. and it really wasn't until I got around a uh, a table at a coffee shop uh, with other guys my age and a leader who had a passion for Christ that I really began to uh, to look at my faith, you know, m- who I am in in this relationship that I have with God, and be yeah and for others to press in on that and challenge me and and uh, it's when it's those relationships that really activated my spiritual growth that's
2: good so. and that that was aaron if you if you're listening you probably don't know our voices very well. <laughs> um, but that was aaron and aaron is in my opinion just a guru on these type of groups and relationships so yeah. good just compassionate and all he does. And just, I love to listen to him talk and we'll make sure he talks some more during this podcast. For sure. Because um, he's got some great opinions about why groups are important. And he's actually over all the groups here. So we'll go ahead, we'll say this at the end, but if you, as you're a leader in one of these groups, you've already talked to Aaron probably, but if you have questions or you get stuck, he is the guy. So Aaron mm-hmm. at BethlehemChurch.us, you need to put that in your phone somewhere um, so you can uh, contact him if you need him, because we're all here, but uh, odds are the rest of us are going to go to St. Aaron, what do you think we should do?
0: <laughs> That's right. That's what we do, too. We always say, Aaron, what do you think? <laughs> so, okay. So we read, as a discipleship team, we, uh, we read the book, uh, The Cure for Groups by Robbie Engel. And it was an incredible book. Um we read it kind of as our discipleship team as a small group. Um, and we just found some really cool key takeaways that we wanted to share. And now all of our group leaders got a, a copy of this at the group leader kickoff. So um so you're you guys are about to dive into this book as well. Um, so we wanted to talk about some of these key takeaways. Um, so we know, Aaron, you were said, said that really well about God being, or that uh, relationships are the primary way that we um, really discover our new life in Christ. It's it's where we live out our faith, and one of the things that the book really hit on was that the fact that God is relational and He created us for community, and we really can't do our life in Christ without it. Um, The desire to be fully known, I loved this quote, the desire to be fully known and loved is in our bones. God designed us to grow spiritually by connecting relationally. So authentic relationships are essential to our spiritual growth. So if that's true, why, why is leading a group, like leading a really dynamic transformational group such a challenge? Why, why do we, why is that such a challenge for so many of us? because we all have this idea that, man, we want to lead an awesome group, we want to lead this dynamic transformational group. How do we make that happen?
5: Honestly, I mean, I think I think one of the things that it boils down to is just life um just with schedules and sports and and being a mom, being a dad, having a job. um you know, I think we we all have that intention to want to, um, Be in communion and and have these deep relationships with you know with people who are in this you know same spiritual walk as we are, um, and growing and growing in our knowledge and and scripture. But again, life life throws you all kinds of trials, and mm-hmm. I think that's that's part of it.
0: Yeah. So that goes back to one of Jason's uh, messages about being uh, having good intentions and being intentional. Yes. So yeah. So, yeah, so yeah. being intentional is is key for sure. Yep.
2: Because life life is busy, basically.
0: Yes.
5: Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. But I think there's another piece to it that um, I think one of the reasons we may say we want those deep relationships, but when we get down to that, we're afraid of those kind of relationships. Yeah. Yes. Um, <clears throat> I think that's why, it, like probably all of us, and even even people listening to this um, group leaders who are leading groups now there's been a time in your life where you kind of drug your feet to get to a small group and you didn't really want to, weren't sure if you wanted to be in another one or do I want to lead another one? Some of it's busyness, some of it's exhaustion, and then some of it's fear mm-hmm. um, because there's a lot of vulnerability and yeah. being a leader, but also just being in a group like that. Yeah. yeah.
4: Well, I mean, that, that takes belonging takes, it takes time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it takes transparency, yes. you know, and, uh, I think that a lot of times we feel like we don't have that to give right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like we just we just don't have that to give in the tank right now, um, and uh, and and you know I would say that then uh, that really there are no lone ranger Christians. That's right. Like um, we can we could try that we could do that for a, for a while and we yeah. could try to sustain that, but um, in the long run it's going to end up hurting the relationship that we seek to have. You know, with uh, w- with our father. I mean, I I tried it for a season. You know, I tried it for a season through college, um, and I just honestly, if I look back at that time period, looking back now, it was the it was the most spiritually dry season uh, that I'd ever experienced.
0: That's good. Um, That's good.
5: That is. And you talk about tanks, and I'm, I was just thinking, and I know several of us would agree that when we start to have, when we start to feel like we're on E and our mm-hmm. tanks are empty, for me, when mm-hmm. I when I am in a group. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I can hear the stories and hear what people are walking through and come alongside them, that yeah. fills my tank. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. 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 I, I think that's really interesting that you say. Eve and I had a conversation yesterday about when we when we get tired, mm-hmm. we are in the office just talking, when we get tired, we tend to – my heart takes me away from relationships, not yeah. to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. there's some discipline in, in wanting to be a part of a group like that. But when I get tired, I – I tend to want to pull away pull from away. that, yeah. mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. that leads to what you just talked about, Aaron—the the dryness in a relationship with God. And God, didn't, we go back to the idea that God is relational, mm-hmm. and we were made in His image, yeah. and we were not wired to live like a troll under a bridge. Exactly. <laughs> we're made for relationships, so we have to connect.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know the times when I complain about on oh, the way to group, yes. complain yeah. like, "Oh, do I really have to go back again tonight?" Yeah, or yeah. some of the times that I just needed to hear from someone in the group. And so I know mm-hmm. as leaders, it's hard to to give and give and give, but so many times you're filled up because you are in that position. You are able to lead and learn from your people. And so it's just (laughs) cool. It's very humbling to be on the way complaining, but then it's like, all right, Lord, I'm here for a reason. I know you're gonna use it. Every
2: leader goes through that. I was talking to one of our campus pastors here Mm -hmm. in Bethlehem Mm -hmm. this morning who got a phone call last night about nine o'clock and he said, it was after nine, and I'm tired. And he ended up praying with this person and leading them to, to a relationship with Jesus. Wow. And he said, I got off the phone, and I remembered, this is why I do this. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Now, that's we've all had those about. moments yeah. Where, yeah. where we're leaders or just group members, where yeah. we walk away and go, oh, yeah, that's why I do yeah. this. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
5: And I think it's I think it's good to give those who are listening permission, because we, we've all led, and we've all been in that season mm-hmm. that you're talking about, Kevin, to yeah. so where we... We just feel like, why did I sign up to lead? You know. Yeah. Um, so I would just encourage anyone who's listening, like if you if you feel that if you have those seasons, you're you know, it doesn't mean you're less spiritual or anything like that. Um, we all know that life can throw anything at us at any time. But just I just encourage you, just stick with it, and
3: um, yeah. I know God's going to have something for you. Mm-hmm. Casey, oh go ahead. go ahead, you go ahead. I was going to say, like Kevin said, it's about the obedience. Yes, like, yeah. he doesn't want us to have it all together. He just wants us to be obedient. Exactly He's right. going to use us. In those moments, especially when we don't want to be there, but we still say yes to being there.
0: Exactly so right. you led by example in this discussion. <laughs> uh, you're with vulnerability. <laughs> so I, I'm so glad you said that. I'm so glad because I think as leaders we've all felt that. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, I don't know if I have it in me. I don't know if I have any more to give. I'm tired. I'd rather rather be mm-hmm. at home. Mm-hmm. But then, how many times have you gone into that and then like you just afterwards you're you're so filled mm-hmm. up and you're so and you feel like I'm so glad I did that. I'm yeah. you know so many I'm times. S- mm-hmm. yeah, it's, yeah, it happens every time. So. Mm-hmm. That's really cool so leading your group with vulnerability is actually one of the things that we learned right. about in yeah. the book and casey yeah. did that really well <laughs> yeah. so um so talk about like the three levels of relationships in our lives and why how groups play a role in that
4: yeah I, you know i was thinking about that that transparency uh vulnerability stage yeah. that kind of dives you uh past this from the stage of acquaintance to friendship and then friendship to those deeper relationships, yes, um, like the book, like the book talks about. But, you know, he, he and he mentions in the book that also that uh, the dynamic uh, of a healthy group or a successful group is about 60%, mm-hmm. um, uh, not dictated, but um, leans on the uh, the leader and the health of the leader.
0: That's right.
4: And so, you know, I think to really, because when we think about that, we're like, oh, that's a lot on our plate. Mm-hmm. But when we think about us, being a part of or a participant in the group not just the leader but also a participant in the group I think it frees us up to be uh, to be real and I think I've heard that from our leaders a lot this past mm-hmm. semester you know we had some leaders on the podcast last group's podcast right and one of the themes that kind of came out uh, time and time again was I just got kind of I just got comfortable in my own skin mm-hmm. and I became more than this this uh, um, giver of good advice or, you know, this director of the group experience. I'm a participant in the group experience and I'm just, I'm, I'm living out of what Christ is, is doing in my life and I'm being Mm -hmm. real about it. Mm -hmm. That's good. Uh, And we get to that place, you know, that I think that that leads that kind of, that kind of transparency that dives us into the deeper relationship. Uh, and it, it builds that group culture and, and builds that group environment, you know?
2: That's okay. a big, it's a big transition to get to that kind of vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife, Darla, and I were driving home from a group Sunday night and she told me, she said, it's hard for me. She said, I get nervous when you start sharing what we struggle with mm-hmm. because what are these people going to think? And she's, she's admitting, I know that's completely wrong. Who yeah. cares what they think? They love us and and we're all in this together. Right. She mm-hmm. said, but to be vulnerable is hard sometimes. Yes. So, yeah. But when we were trying to move from acquaintance where acquaintance and friendship which all of most of our relationships are there right and we're trying to move into something that's transforming and life-changing that's a deep friendship mm-hmm. um, the only way you get there is to cross that that line of vulnerability mm-hmm. yeah and
1: that's scary
2: it is it so
1: is. so in that deep friendship part I, I know the book speaks to the the deep friendship part says, uh, that there's someone that knows the worst of us. They yeah. know it all because we have been vulnerable, yeah. but still loves you all the more. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's a huge place. That yeah. That was something that my wife and I experienced. Actually, it was in our very first group here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and we connected with a couple that are now today are our best friends. And we know the best and worst mm-hmm. of each other. And we love each other all the more. That's awesome. Um, that's awesome. I think I was going to say, I think getting back to the idea of the You know, leading a group that is transformational, the challenge of that, I think part of that is to kind of lift this lid off for our leaders to say, man, no one's asking you to show up and be an incredible, perfect, seasoned, dynamic teacher. Yeah. 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 Mary Poppins does not go to our church. (laughs) Just to kind of lift that lid off and say... Listen, we do think content's important. What we do yeah. think is that relationship is way more important. Right. You opening yourself and being available is the best thing yeah. that's for our groups.
0: That's yeah. really good. Yeah, Jesus led the perfect small group, but <laughs> so and but even he wasn't a small group. So that's uh, you know, they, they Jesus changed the world through a small group of people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. uh that's encouraging, right?
4: That's right.
0: So We'll talk about um, the next chapter that we, uh, or the next section, is uh, was about the five core components of a transformational group. Mm-hmm. And uh, so let's talk about that. Let's talk about those five core components of what a transformational group has.
4: Mm-hmm. Well, I think the the book, it seems to be, <clears throat> there are these components that that you kind of can observe and witness with any good group. There's pieces of that. Right. And so... I don't think when I when I approach the book, I don't think I'm I'm gaining this method to have a great small or perfect small group or a great small group, or whatever. It's these it's these pieces that should exist yeah. in order that the goal or the end goal, the destination of the group at the end of the semester or the end of the two semesters or whatever y'all choose to be together, uh, can be reached. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so when I look at those components there uh, that are laid out. Um, it, it it's it's a it, it provides somewhat of a roadmap to get there. So what are those components again? Yeah,
2: the first one is the destination. That's all about the goals. And mm-hmm. in fact, we probably could just why don't we stop there yeah. and, and just talk about down. that one, and we can come back another time and talk about the other parts of that. Sure. If we just talk about the destination, I think um, Dustin, some of the things you were leading us to, and talking about crossing mm-hmm. that line of vulnerability um, and getting to that kind of group about relationship. We need to. We need to know as a group leader. We need to realize that many people came to our group for many different reasons, mm-hmm. and if we can get that out in the open, I feel like expectations kind of get kind of get set and they get centered, and then you can move towards relationships. Because some people came all for relationships. Yeah, some people came all for knowledge. Yeah, they're both yeah. good. Yeah. Um. I so. Yeah. From a group, from a, a leader in our church perspective, we want you to grow in God's Word. We want you to be in deep relationships. I would lean toward, more towards obedience comes through deep relationships more than it does knowledge. Yes. Um, and I'm just yeah. saying that from my own experience and and just watching lots of people in lots of places. Um, they're both important, but to help people get on the same page, that's that's. One of the things I pulled away from the book is that to ask our group members why, why do you, what are your expectations of being in this group? Why did you join this group? Yeah, which yeah. are some of the icebreakers that Aaron leads us to when he writes the small group material. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So it, it's important, Kevin. What you're saying is that it's important to determine the destination of the group uh, ahead of time, mm-hmm. so that you can kind of clarify what your what your uh, what the what the group is is trying to achieve
2: mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so yeah
5: and I think it set it sets that expectation and, and there's not a wrong or a right reason for why anyone joins a group mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. if we set that expectation at the at the beginning of the group then there shouldn't ever be anyone in a group who says you know what this group I, I didn't expect that or I didn't you know I didn't right. intend yes. for this group to be what it is
2: yeah. and every group leader has expectations you, yes you all who are listening know why you are leading this group and what you believe God wants to accomplish through it but to be able to hear what the other expectations are is going to help you communicate what your end goal is as well and it, it and God right. may use the whole conversation to to shift why
4: the group exists to begin with yeah yeah I think you will do that right I think you will once once you hear others voices uh, I think you also get a little clarity about about your own you know uh, end goal or destination you know
2: and then when that lines up all of a sudden you are what we talked about. Um, along the way here, you are in that together. You are not just the group leader. Yeah. You are a part of a group. <laughs> you're, and a yeah. you're a participant, You're a participant and the possibilities of what God may or may not do in that group. It's it's incredible what could happen. Yeah.
4: So you could ask that the first group gathering or the first yeah. few group gatherings. As you're getting together, ask the question, you know, what do you expect to to gain uh as a part of being of this as a uh, part of the small group? Yeah. Or why'd you sign up in the first place? You know, and then you don't have to answer that for the group until maybe the next session or whatever, but it would be a good, I think it would be a good question to ask.
0: I know. I remember when we were going through the book, that was kind of a light bulb moment for me. Like when we Mm -hmm. got to that part, like, Oh wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Ask on the front end, what the group's uh, expectations are. That's really, it's so simple, but really kind of an aha for a group leader Mm -hmm. to help align and help set the destination because um, I love the quote that uh, they put in by Yogi Berra: "If you don't know where you're going, you'll end up someplace else." <laughs> yeah, sure. So, yeah. and especially in a group of people, you you know, as yeah. as you know, as, as parents and small group leaders, and all we all know that if you know if you don't have a destination, That's you'll true. you'll end up yeah. who knows where.
3: It's a slippery yeah. slope. It is. <laughs> get going that it way. So. Yeah.
2: I have to admit that I have been a part of groups for many years that I'm not sure. I think the group leader knew where we were going, but I didn't know where we were going. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, as a participant, I just I wasn't able to contribute. Or, and there, I've been a part of groups. I've I've led groups. This is embarrassing to say. I've led groups to yeah. where my goal was to get to the end of the semester. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And not yeah. even thinking about what what would we like to see happen, or what what kind of relationships yeah. would we want built as a result of this. Yeah, um, that's true. Almost like a checklist. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that probably the longer I've been a leader of groups, maybe that was the tendency. Yeah. Um, and you may be there if you've been leading groups for a long time. That you, that's what you do. Mm-hmm. So the expectation mm-hmm. is kind of low because that's just what mm-hmm. you've always done, mm-hmm. right? But this is an opportunity to adjust that because yeah. God does want to use this semester. Confession, I've done the same. <laughs> <laughs> I've done the same, right? <laughs> I think we have. Done <laughs>
0: so I think it's important to note too, to and encourage our leaders to not be afraid. To set a higher level of commitment and expectation mm-hmm. for your group than might seem comfortable, mm-hmm. and that's actually one of the um, one of the key takeaways from the book as well. So don't be afraid to challenge your group. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to be challenged yourself, and to. Um, set a new boundary or adopt a new discipline yeah. or, or, you know, something that uh, might help you grow spiritually and your group grow spiritually as well. Mm-hmm. Cause that yeah.
3: will show the participants to like that you care and yeah. why you're leading the group and they're going to want to be a part of something where they matter. And so right. I think setting those expectations, one shows that you care, but then also shows, okay, yeah. there is a level of commitment. I need to make mm-hmm. being a part of this group and not just showing up each week, counting yes. down the days. So the end of the semester yes. it's, I'm a part of something that's bigger than me. Yeah, Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I think that's really cool. And it was an aha moment for me too. Like it's easier said than done, but once you do it, it does change the whole group dynamic. It does.
4: In the group leader guide, we have a expectations sheet that, um, that you can lean on. And, uh, and I believe there's a part where you can have your group members sign off on that, you know, and uh, you know, that might seem a little bit, I don't know, legalistic or something, uh, but at the end of the day, they do need to be mm-hmm. uh, communicated. Yeah. I think it's yeah. important on the front end to do that. And I think it, I think people will value that because they're giving their time already to it. You know, so. yeah, for sure.
2: So at this point, it would be good for us to let's recap what we talked about um, and then kind of set some expectations of where we're going to go next. So, Aaron, can you give us just give us a quick recap and then and some next steps here?
4: Yeah, we talked about the value of uh, relationships, how that doesn't uh, happen alone. We also talked about how we're a part of that. So as a leader, you're not just um, you're not just responsible for uh, creating this perfect environment. You know, we're not, you're not responsible for that. You're a participant in um, a a transparent community, and that means that the the, that the group will um, w- will change according to your willingness to be transparent as well. Um, and we also talked about how we're going to dive into those um, those five components of a transformational small group this semester. And so what we want to do is every other week, we want to send you one of these uh, kind of talks, about 20 20 minutes or so, uh, just to talk with our team, uh, kind of recapping the chapter of the book. Because we know a lot of times we get books and we just, uh, they're great, you know. the uh, People have great things to say about them. We just slide it on the shelf. And, uh, you know, we were really impacted by the book personally like you talked about Angela you know there's something you read and you're like oh wow you know I'd like to practice that in mm-hmm. my group and so we want to go alongside you every other week and uh, in in a podcast kind of like this and uh, and do just that
2: great that's good that'll get us to the next uh, so if you've got the book and you should um, go ahead and start reading and you can read ahead of us and apply anything you want we'd love to hear some feedback and comments you have or questions that you have and please know um that we are here for you. Um, we are here to answer it, whether it's Ebony, Dustin, Angela, Casey, mm-hmm. Aaron, or myself, um, we are committed to you guys. We we pray for you guys, mm-hmm. and we believe that God has you in the position you're in for this season. It's no accident that you're leading a group in this semester. And it's no accident that those people that are going to come on that first night, it's no accident that they're there. God knew that. Mm -hmm. And so you can can take comfort in that. You can trust Him in that. Mm -hmm. You don't have the power to change any lives, Mm -hmm. but God does. Mm -hmm. And what if, I just love the what if questions, what if Mm -hmm. God decided to use your obedience this semester to change someone's family Mm -hmm. or to change someone's a marriage or to change someone's eternity. Yeah. And he you can't do that, but he can. We serve that kind of God. Mm-hmm. And I'll close with this with Philippians one six. And I'm confident of this mm-hmm. that he who began a good work in you mm-hmm. will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. And this is part of that work yeah. that he wants to do in and through you. So we love you guys. I'm excited to what what God's going to do this semester. Let me close us in prayer. And then yeah. we will we will end this podcast, and we'll see you next time, Father. Oh, by the way, before I before I start praying, if you're driving, you're listening to this. Don't close
1: your
2: eyes, Weston. <laughs> you close your eyes, <laughs> Father. Thank you for uh, being here with us. Thank you for the people you allow us to serve. Thank you for the people who we get to serve with, and most of all, we thank you for Jesus. We ask God that you would do immeasurably more than we could mm-hmm. even imagine um, through these groups, and it wouldn't be about just checking something off, checking a. a a a religious Mm -hmm. duty that we Mm -hmm. have to do. It would be about following you Mm -hmm. and being obedient to you. Lord, would you use us? Would you transform lives? Would you give us courage? Would you help us to learn about vulnerability? Mm -hmm. And would you help us to be bold in our faith? And Lord, at the end of the day, you get all the credit. It's Mm -hmm. in your name we pray. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. See you guys. See you.
0: Thanks so much for listening, and we will see you next time.